On today's podcast, I've got special guest, John McCaskill. John is a retired Navy SEAL commander turned mindfulness teacher. He's taking what helped him excel in his professional life and heal in his personal life, sharing this with others to help them do the same. In today's episode, we'll dive into managing expectations of your kids and yourself. Have a listen. There's a voice deep inside every dad calling him to lead. Society, vices, inner demons, negative thoughts try to dampen and drown out that voice, but it never goes away. Your wife feels it, your children feel it, and your heart and soul feel it too. It's the voice that starts off as a whisper, but then becomes a calling. A calling to be the tip of the spear for your family. A calling to play all out and lead by example for your children. A calling to build a legacy that will go on for generations. A calling to be the warrior dad you were born to be. Dads, our children need us now more than ever. To be that beacon of hope, courage, positivity, and strength. It's time to rise as warrior dads together as a brotherhood. If you felt that twinge in your soul, it's time for the warrior dad experience. Welcome to the show. I am pumped and excited to have special guest John McCaskill on the show. John, welcome to the show. Jeff, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be here. Love love what you're doing. Love the topic. Love love everything about it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I'm I'm excited to to dive into right managing our expectation of our kids and of ourselves. First and foremost, right? This is a podcast all about dads, how we actualize our potential, how we're the best version of ourselves, how we share those things and lessons with our kiddos. What's the dad dynamic look for you in your life? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a father of three young kids. Uh, I got a late start, um, and I've got three that keep me very, very busy. So <laughs> my, my, keep my wife and I very, very busy. I got to give her 99% of the credit, man. She's, uh, she's a warrior mom, so. <laughs> there you go. I love it. I love it. So we're going to talk about managing your expectations of kids, managing your expectations of yourself topic dive into it a little bit why is yeah. it important and and kind of expand on both of those areas yeah well i mean the the expectations of the kids you know as as a father um as a as a parent a lot of the time i think we convince ourselves maybe subconsciously that these kids understand a lot more than they do that their brain is a lot more formed than it truly is Okay. Uh, you know, we expect a lot from uh, a, a two-year-old uh, to, to, you know, understand what it is that we're explaining to him or her. We, ex- we expect a little bit more from a four-year-old. And, and you know, you, you got to understand their brains are nowhere close to fully formed. And those expectations are unrealistic. And when you start having unrealistic expect- expectations, that starts to wear on you as a parent. It starts to wear on the kids because now you're starting to uh, maybe discipline them for things that they may not truly need discipline for. Okay. Uh, it's, it's And when I say discipline, I'm not meaning like physical discipline. I'm just, right. you know, the, the standard keeping them in line. But yeah, it gets, it gets really difficult. And I, I would say expectations of yourself at the same time, you know, there you think that as a parent, you start assuming that you should know everything. Okay. And, you know, 
for all of us, this is our first time in, in life, right? This is our first time parenting. Yes, we may have multiple kids, but it's our first time parenting each one. And if you've seen one kid, you've seen one kid, right? right? They're, they're all different. Like I saw this meme the other day that said something about um, single people have no idea about how much free time they have. And then I went to go read the comments and all these single people were like, hey, it was your choice. You knew what you were getting into. And I was thinking, man, I don't think anybody truly knows what they're getting into. Uh, you know, you, you you read all the books, you talk to other parents, but again, you've seen one kid, you've only seen one kid. I, I've got three mm -hmm. and, you know, my, my first is completely different than, from my second and my second is completely different from my third. They're all completely different. Wonderful souls, but they uh, they all do things completely different, have different personalities. And the way that I parented and continue to parent my first one is not the way that I can parent my second or my third. And so my expectations of myself, I have to, I think, give myself, we as parents, we need, we need to give ourselves some grace hmm. and some understanding, uh, some self-compassion for what it is we're experiencing. Uh, you know, when you start to get frustrated because the, the young kids, again, who are not fully formed in their brains are not doing what you expect, then you start to kind of go down this spiral about I'm a bad parent. Mm -hmm. uh, you convince yourself that you're the only one that's ever been a parent that has been frustrated with their child. And and you start to go on this negative spiral, kind of like your beginning of the show had, you know, these right. negative narratives that we tell ourselves. There's billions, literally billions of other parents on the planet, right? And there's billions of people who have been parents before uh, throughout our time. And uh, we've all experienced frustration and and we can't beat ourselves up for that. And then, uh, you know, the the expectation of the relationships between the the parents and the children as well. You know, as a as a parent, I think coming into being a parent before I had little ones, I was like, oh, well, my, my kids are always going to look up to me and listen to me. And especially with my background, you know, I, Navy SEAL as an officer, I, I, I was in charge of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And I, I sometimes wear that commander hat at home and I expect my kids to f follow my quote unquote orders. Right. And man, <laughs> they're a completely different animal than, than the people that I led in the military. Uh, and that relationship is different. And so I've got to kind of let go of that expectation of, of the relationship and just let it be what it is. You know, obviously I want to parent and I want to guide my children, mm -hmm. but I don't need to uh, hold myself to this gold standard that, you know, everybody posts on social media about how great they are as a parent. Although I have seen recent trends, people are starting to admit their frustration <laughs> as a parent. Right. It's, it's kind of a, it's kind of fun to watch. <laughs> okay. So it sounds like expectations on each one of those fronts and, and there's three of them, right? Expectations yeah. of the way our kids should be or should learn and how quickly is, is one component, which can be, you know, a frustration for, for dad specifically. The other is expectations of ourselves of we should be a certain way or sure. have that expertise like instantly downloaded in us right. like neo in the matrix exactly. right i know kung fu <laughs> i'm plugging in right i'm plugging in and now i know my my dad game's on point and then <laughs> as well as the expectations of the relationship of yeah you know those those dynamics it, it sounds like in each of those areas when you have those expectations you're kind of setting yourself up for possible 
anger, resentment, frustration. So, so what are some quick low hanging fruit strategies, actions that, you know, dads can leverage in, in each one of those areas to, to kind of manage and to your point, give yourself some, some grace and, and have some compassion for yourself. Well, I think, you know, a big one that, you know, I, I teach mindfulness and meditation right now Mm -hmm. and, uh, being mindful, I'm not necessarily saying you need to meditate, but being mindful of who you are in the relationship. You okay. are the adult, right? Yep. And the the your child is just that. Your child is the child. And being mindful of that, um, maybe taking a few breaths, if you start to realize that you're getting frustrated in a situation when you have a young child throwing a tantrum, mm-hmm. or you have, you know, I've got three kids, and what I find the the most difficult is when all three kids are yelling at me and they all need something simultaneously and being a people pleaser which i am i want to please all three of them simultaneously and one that's impossible two i've got to give myself time um so being mindful of your capabilities being mindful of the time and taking some breaths um, to reset your brain. And when you've got three little ones or however many little ones yelling at you, wanting something, realize that, you know, yes, they're going to yell. They're going to yell if you give it to them right as they ask for it. I mean, they'll, they'll probably tell you that they now long, no longer want it. My youngest one, <laughs> she's, she's kind of the boss of the household. Okay. And, and she will ask for something. And as soon as we give it to her, she throws it on the ground and says, I don't want that. And you, again, expectations, we can't expect them to uh, fully understand what it is they want. It's kind of like mm-hmm. a customer, right? You go to a customer and you're like, hey, what is it that you want? They tell you what they want. And six months later, you deliver what they want. And they're like, ah, this isn't quite what I wanted. Right. Well, a, a child is that same way. They don't fully understand even what they want. And to give yourself some space to take some breaths, mm-hmm. reset your mind, your body and your nervous system maybe be the adult. And if you are starting to lose your stuff, um, maybe walk away and say, Hey, and, and, and explain to them why you're doing it. Say, Hey, look, I see you. I hear you, but I just need some space. I just need two minutes to step away and take some breaths. And I say that I'm by no means perfect in actually doing that, but the, there is a desire to do that. And when I do, in fact, take a breath and step away, I am a much better father. And they respond completely different to me when I do that than if I was to raise my voice or, you know, start to purse my lips, right? I'm sure other parents who are watching or listening can understand what I'm talking about, right? The, the lips that we all promised that we wouldn't do when we're parents, but yet we do. Uh, get your shoes on. I saw that on, on Instagram yesterday. It was hilarious. Um, anyway, um, there's taking that pause in between the stimulus mm-hmm. and the thought and then the associated emotion and action. Yep. Uh, that That is a huge thing. And that's, the I think, the low-hanging fruit for for parents is if we're able to take that pause and step away we're going to feel better as a parent and we're going to parent better um so that's that's the key i'm going to take my jacket off real quick for yeah go ahead go ahead i'll lost it in here man <laughs> i will piggyback off what you just said though because i'm i'm a huge fan of that of just breathing in the moment 
just catching yourself. If you're getting knocked off kilter, breathing in through the nose, it, it centers yourself. It's, it's a practice I've gotten into. And you know, I'm a huge meditation fan. Actually, Friday this week, John, it'll be six straight years of meditating every single day. Wow, so that's incredible, man. I, it's mental reps, right? My wife yeah. will say, why aren't you responding? I said, I'm breathing and I'm choosing my response versus, right. you know, I remember when my youngest knocked over, a, I had my laptop or he had it on the couch. He knocked it over and the screen broke. And like the vein on my head flared out and I walked away into the garage and I think I screamed, but you know, now getting into many years later, having that practice of just breathing, you know, our yeah. breath is so something naturally that we do, but it's so foundationally centering and people, you know, dads, they've gone through the experience that I run are like, dude, this is ridiculous breathing. Right. And then they do it. And they're like, it changed my life. Just doing that throughout my day when work kind of throws me off kilter or something personally right. happens, just taking a couple breaths, three breaths in, six count in, two second hold, seven seconds out. Oof, you're you're yeah. 45 seconds. All of a sudden you're like, all right, I can handle this. So I, I love how you, you, you said that. Interested from the dynamic, you know, Navy SEAL commander into mindfulness and meditation. How did that kind of transformation happen? Where, where did that journey kind of, how did yeah. it lead you to there? Yeah, well, I had my own struggles in the in the SEAL teams with mental health. I okay. lost friends. Uh, I struggled with uh, the mission itself. You know, I, I would get stressed or anxious about different things. And, and you know, I, I initially medicated with alcohol and prescription medication. And, okay. and that got me into a pretty dark spot. I was not a father at the time. Um, and I, I went out and sought counseling and a counselor uh, recommended mindfulness and meditation. Okay. And to be completely honest, I, I, I laughed at him and this part's going to sound a little rehearsed cause I've sold, told this story a bit, but That's okay. you know, I, I laughed at him and he's like, well, you know, what if I had a pill that I could give you that would change your performance? It would change your performance physically and mentally, personally, and professionally. And I was like, heck yeah, doc, I'll take that pill all day long because as a SEAL or as a special operator, we're always looking for an edge. We're looking for an edge over our enemy on the battlefield or we're looking for an edge over our buddy right next to us. We're looking yeah. for an edge. Okay. So yeah, give me that pill. And as, as you can probably imagine, it wasn't the pill. It was it was meditation, not medication. Yeah. So I go home and the next day I, I as a type A personality, sit down for an hour long meditation. And I think to myself that I'm going to crush this one hour long meditation. And uh, you could probably imagine how that went, it, you know, about 17 seconds in my mind is on anything except this meditation. And now I go back to this counselor and I'm like, Hey man, this, this meditation stuff, it's not for me. And he asked me what I did. And I told him what I just told you. And, and he said, well, that's like going to the starting line of a marathon without ever having run uh, a step before it's like right. going into the weight room and getting under 350 pounds on the bench press and you've never lifted weights before you've got to start small. So I'm like, okay, doc, well, how do I start small? And he in introduced me to box breathing, which is okay, you know, yep. it's something similar to what you just mentioned, but for your mm -hmm. listeners who are m maybe not aware, it's just breathing in for a count of four, holding for a count of four, breathing out for a count of four, holding for a count of four and doing that four or five times. And those are the edges of the box for those who are listening and didn't see the box that I drew in the air. Those are the edges of the box. That's why it's called box breathing. I was like, Doc, I've done that before. We just call it tactical breathing. We, we've done that on the shooting range to calm our heart rate down. We've done it to calm our respiratory rate down to get us shooting in between heart heartbeats and in between breaths. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, well, there's a reason that you do it. It's to calm your body and your nervous system down. 
and then I went home and I started to do box breathing regularly. Okay. And then I was able to get into more in-depth, longer length meditations. And about two or three months after I started practicing almost every single day, um, I don't, I do not have six years of unbroken meditation. That's unbelievable, man. Great, great job. But well, thank you. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm practicing almost every day and I start to see a change and feel a change in myself. And, uh, then I'm like, well, maybe it's just the placebo effect. Maybe I'm convincing myself that I'm, I'm feeling different. And then I had somebody at work come up to me and put their arm around me and they're like, Hey, John, what are you taking? As in, yep. like, what medication? Yep. Yep. I'm like, well, <laughs> it's not medication; it's meditation. And and uh, then I, I saw that it had changed my life for the better, and I started to share it with people, and I started to see it it, it was changing their lives for the better. Mm -hmm. And now I feel it's a it's a duty and an obligation to share what not only changed my life but quite literally saved my life. It's made me, uh, you know, happier, healthier inside my skin, inside my body. It's made me a better husband, uh, a better father, and I, I believe uh, just a happier, healthier, more fulfilled individual. So, again, it's I feel it's a duty and obligation to share it. Um, there's not a whole lot of money in it. When I told people I was going to get out of the SEAL teams and start teaching meditation, they were like, right. what, man? You've got like the golden ticket. You can go and do anything. I'm like, well, I, I want to go and continue to hopefully make a positive impact on people's lives. So that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. No, I love that. And, and meditation, I think there's just a misconception, right? When people oh, hear sure. meditation, they think of a bald monk on the side of the mountain, you know, arms crossed, legs, snow coming down, he's there in <laughs> haze, right? right? And that's just not the practice, right? I mean, even three breaths of 627 or the box breathing, I think, uh, isn't it Mark Devine in one of his books, he talks about, yep. the, you know, he, he's a uh, military guy as well, talks yeah, about that box breathing. Fellow right? seal. Well, fellow, fellow seal. Fellow seal. Yeah. Um, and I... I didn't have, I woke up in the middle of the night last night. I started doing that. I remembered it. I'm like box breathing four, hold out. Like and, yeah. and I, I ended up getting back to sleep and these, it's amazingly powerful. And it's so interesting as it's fundamental stuff and right. it's simple stuff that makes the biggest difference. And to your point, right. The, the, the doc said, Hey, you want this pill that will do all of these things for you. Yep. Like we just talked about how basic breathing can bring you back to center. Now we're talking about just meditation and, and, you know, John, I six years straight, I still use guided meditation because my mind oh, yeah. wanders, For but sure. I'm, I'm getting back to center and I'm breathing. And the amazing thing is it's transformed my life. I've shared it with my two sons. Like my boys have been meditating for the past three years. Amazing. Right. At, amazing, at 10 and 12. And they, you know, they'll always have, we have good sidebar conversations of like, Hey, am I going to be as good as you? I'm like, you're going to blow me away. You got 40 years, 30 years <laughs> head start from a meditation right. practice. Imagine how much more you're going to be in control of your mind. So that's oh man, crazy. And then just society in general, you made a comment, like somebody noticed you. And I, I hear it from, you know, people that come into contact with me as well as, you know, dads that go through the pro, like, what are you taking? Yeah. Like when you operate differently, people think you're on some kind of drug or medication. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the fundamental things. Right. That makes such a difference in our, our lives. And they're so often missed, right. That, that people Indeed. just, people just don't do it. So, I mean, it's uh, just like, it's like physical fitness, right? People prioritize work. They prioritize social media. They prioritize all these other things over physical fitness. And then when they start to 
eat a little bit better and maybe get into the gym, maybe start doing some type of cardio. They're like, oh man, I, I feel so much better. I'm like, well, that's, that's a fundamental thing. Physical fitness. Well, mental fitness is also a fundamental as, as you take care of your brain, you're going to start to feel better. As you start taking care of your nervous system, you're going to start to feel better. We take care of our bodies, or at least most of us do. Why would we not take care of our nervous system and our minds? It's absolutely fundamental. That's the perfect word for it. Yeah. And that, you know, physical side, I love to, I mean, science now says it's a little bit of Prozac, a little bit of Ritalin, right? It helps with your mood, help with your yeah. focus for 12 hours. I mean, sign me up. Like you literally <laughs> right. can move, meditate and breathe and your life would be completely transformed. Right. And people, I think one, they're always looking for the easy way out. They want to pop. Oh, for sure. They, they want to pop a pill. I mean, now they've got you know pills you can pop, and you don't ever need to exercise. Exercise, and you can lose weight. Because <laughs> right. people want that easy way, but you know, it, it you are robbing yourself of one. You know, when we talk about being a dad, setting the example. I mean, sure. I was at I was at the gym at five fifteen with my oldest son this morning. I hadn't nice. planned on going. He said, "Dad, can you take me tomorrow?" Yep, I'm going to be there. Right, like. A lot of days, Monday, fr Wednesday, Friday, the whole, all four of us go to the gym at five. Oh, that's amazing, man. <laughs> like what a great way to bond as, right? as a family unit, right? So there's these small, simple things that we can do to have a, uh, a major impact. So what if somebody has that idea of hey, meditation is so woo-wooish, where, where do they start, right? Do you recommend, yeah. you know, a particular app? Do you recommend, you know, a way to get started to, to a dad that might be, uh, might be on the fence? Yeah, I mean, there's tons of apps out there. There's Insight Timer. There's Calm, Waking Up. Uh, you know, uh, there's there's tons of them. Ten percent happier. If you get on your app store of choice and type in meditation, you're going to come up with a million meditation okay. apps. Um, I don't recommend any one over the other, but try them all out there. Uh, you know, experiment and see what works for you. But here's the key: start small and stay consistent it's yeah. just like the gym right if you were going if you were to go into the gym after never having worked out before and you went and did an hour-long crossfit workout how do you think that would work out for you probably <laughs> be, not well you'd be so sore you can't get so up and down the steps or off the toilet in two exactly, days exactly yeah. so then the next day you're gonna be like you know what forget this stuff i'm not doing it anymore mm -hmm. well you're not gonna be sore after a meditation but you got to work your way up to uh, more in-depth meditation. So maybe start with box breathing. That's not necessarily a meditation. It's box breathing. It's breath work. And breath work is tied to meditation because it has some similar effects. But what you're doing is you're tapping into the parasympathetic side of your nervous system and you're calming yourself down by activating the vagus nerve. And by doing that, you start to literally see things differently because now you know, what was closing down when you had activated the sympathetic, which is the fight and flight. Mm -hmm. Now you're, you're closing down your vision. You're starting to, the blood is going to different parts of your body and shutting off from other parts. When you, when you start to activate the parasympathetic, which is rest and digest, then the blood goes back to your eyes. It goes back, back to your body, the rest of your body. And you start to see things as you're supposed to. It's kind of like a race car, right? Mm -hmm. A race car is in the red most of the time during the race. Now you're not going to drive a regular car. Like I have my truck sitting out outside. I'm not going to drive my truck in the red all day long because it's going to blow up the engine. Right. But a race car is only supposed to have that engine and those tires for 
you know, 500 miles. My truck, <laughs> I want that engine to last 400,000 miles, right? But we want our bodies and our minds to last that 400,000 miles, right? For, you know, obviously a metaphor there, but if we're continually in the red, we're going to burn our engines out. And, and we're not going to be able to accelerate when we need to. Mm-hmm. Like if you're in the red in your truck and now you need to accelerate, you're not going to be able to. Right. Well, if you're in the green, if you're rolling around at 70 miles an hour and now you need to go up to 85 for some reason, then you're able to. So we need to have both systems in tune. We need to have the parasympathetic side of the nervous system and the sympathetic side in tune. But when we're living in the sympathetic, that's the fight, flight, or freeze side mm-hmm. in the red, all the time, we're burning our bodies, our minds, and our nervous systems out. And that's going to have detrimental effects for you physically, mentally, emotionally, physiologically, but it's also going to have effects on your family, your friends, your colleagues. And as a father, if you're living in that red, you're going to fly off the handle and and not be able to manage your expectations like we were talking about before. Yeah. And and it's it's such a powerful concept, right? That sympathetic versus parasympathetic. And and so many people operate in that constant red all day long. That's why we have epic levels of anxiety, depression, anxiousness, you know, poor sleep, poor, uh, all of this. Yeah. And think about how crazy when we're just talking about breathing and how that can, it's a mindset rep. It's a mental rep. It's a calm out of that state of fight or flight. And I would say cell phones are huge component of that, right? Like sure. my phone is always on do not disturb. Yep. I never get notifications because that when you get dinged, that triggers that fight or flight system. Right. Most people are getting notifications and dings all day long. It's no wonder right. why they end the day and they're and and this all relates to burnout, right? How yeah. Many, how I many mean, people are burned out? How many of us use this thing as our alarm clock? Yep. And then as soon as that alarm clock goes off, what's the first thing we're doing? We shut that alarm clock off and we're checking email, we're checking social media, we're checking Not all me. the notifications, <laughs> but, but a lot of people are, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. And so they're starting their day off yeah. in a reactive stance. Yeah. Before they even get out of bed, they're in that red. Mm-hmm. That rhymed, by the way. I didn't yeah. mean it. To. Hey, I think we need to coin that. There you term. go. There you go. Don't, you can trade in the red it. before you get out of bed. I love it. I love but it. Yeah. You, you wear yourself out. Uh, almost instantly mm-hmm. and you've got your cortisol levels high uh, you've got your adrenaline high before you even get out of bed it's no wonder we're experiencing these epidemics of of anxiety and and depression i mean social media on our on our phones there's also so much there uh that could be an, another whole conversation but yeah we're, we are wearing ourselves up out by living in that red all day long and we need to take a few breaths, get back into that green, just like you would your truck. You're going to bring your car back into that green after you've accelerated when you need it to. But you don't have to live in that red all day long. Yeah. And I would I would argue most people probably hit the stop button or the, even the snooze button, which is worse because that eight yeah. hours of crappy or eight minutes of crappy sleep doesn't do anything for you. Right, right. Right. Getting into it. And I would say they probably end the day the same way where they're staring at it. So they're, oh, for sure. you know, sleep suffers because they're in that fight or flight. Then they're got a crappy night. Then they're in it again. And it's just this constant cycle that that needs to be broken if people want to flourish in, in life. Right. A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. 
Yeah. Awesome, John. Well, I know you've got a podcast, you got a book. Where can people uh, where can people find that? Where can people look you up? Yeah, the, the easiest way is right there on, on the bottom of the screen. If you just text the word mindful to 33777, that'll get you a link to my my book, my my podcast, my social media, my email. I just try to keep it easy with a text, text opt-in. So there you go. Love it, John. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me, brother. I appreciate it. Great conversation. You got it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Dare to be on Common. Lovely legacy. Create a legendary day. And I'll talk to you soon.